At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I want to press record, Tim, and talk about how terrible of a person James is for continually causing us grief with our schedules. I mean, I feel like people understand how terrible James is. Do we really need I, Everybody knows how terrible James is. I feel he's like a fan unfavorite. He's not the fan favorite anymore. <laughs> he is lost now to Connor and myself, which well, is uh, tremendous. Yeah, shocking. Yeah. Um, two people who's who he's taken in. To pe- to people who he has <laughs> provided um what is it shelter for. Um wild wild scenario. I still think there was a little bit of like collusion with mine. Like I still don't believe that I won that. All right. You and I are we're, we've been friends now for four years correct well no like almost six years is it i thought you came here in 16 do the math okay yeah all right so you and i have been friends for a long time we're very close friends Hmm. i i would consider you one of my closest friends sure i don't i don't understand how you won that (laughs) no it doesn't like not only not only um um was I undeserving to win it in, in, in terms of James and Connor being more popular? Like, Takuma had the entire country of Japan behind him. Pato had the <laughs> entire country of Mexico behind him. Yeah. I, well, I did not have all of America behind me. Your, uh, your, your appeal, or, or lack thereof notwithstanding, uh, James isn't here with us this week because uh, schedules are hard for him, I guess. Um, but there's something very important that I want to talk about. Okay. And it's manners. Now, one thing that I always try and teach my daughter is to not chew with your mouth open. And it, it annoys the hell out of me when, when James is always eating this sandwich. That said, somebody brought it up to us in a way which I didn't appreciate. Nope. Uh, somebody, Mike DeGuardo. Stupid name. Said... For the love of God, though, please spare us the usual five minutes of food-related impacts to the show timing. It was maybe funny the first half dozen times, and when I say half dozen, I mean the first. So in response to that, I'm going to open this tin of popcorn. Yeah, no. I'm eating the hell out of goldfish right now. Yeah. Because quite frankly, Mike, um, we didn't ask for your opinion. (laughs) <laughs> and if you've listened to this episode or this podcast in the past, you should know that professionalism is not something that comes to us easily, nor also do we care. Like, I hey, think I'm very, I'm very professional. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so Mike, yes, if you are listening to, I don't know, NPR radio and trying to get some information on the world world that we live in. 
that might be a little bit off-putting. You're listening to a fake podcast about two racing drivers talk about useless information. Two 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 race car drivers and a. a I don't know me and yeah, <laughs> you, a a a artist of sorts. Sure, let's go with that. I mean, uh, our so most yeah. our most frequent guest, Mike, is Tim's six year old daughter. Who is here, by the way? Hazel, do you want to eat something on microphone? <laughs> I guess that's a no. Well, all right. Mike uh, aside, let's talk about some racing. All right, what's going on? Let me just finish these goldfish. Sorry. So. Oh, I, and I say this with all sincerity. Take your time. <laughs> 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 this show's going to have a much meaner angle without James here. Yeah, well... <laughs> That's uh, not, hey, we might get fan favorite podcast now that he's not here. <laughs> it stands to reason. So what's going on racing, Tim? Besides the fact that we correctly, or sorry, besides the fact that I correctly predicted who was going to replace Lewis Hamilton last weekend. Yeah, no, you were right. And a uh, hell of a job replacing him. All right. So that's what I want to talk about. Just let me finish this last handful. <laughs> Mm. I love doing things out of spite. <laughs> it makes it taste better. Oh, so good. <laughs> Best goldfish i ever had in my life. All right. <clears throat> so, did he do a hell of a job? Yes. Uh, obviously. Does that... What does that mean? Does that mean that Lewis is, you know, good, but not, not the second coming of Jesus? Does that mean Valtteri is really not that good at all? Or does it mean that both Lewis and George are like exceptional and in the one percent? Those are the three I, options. I guess the there's got to be some middle ground, right? Like it can be a bit of both. Like the car is really good, but George and Lewis are both also really good. Or the car is really good and Valtteri isn't. I don't know. I honestly don't know, and I'm not. I'm not saying that. Valtteri couldn't kick my ass in anything racing related whatsoever. I'm not saying that. It's just, it stands the question because Formula One is a, a series into which you can only judge your performance based on your teammates. You really have no idea, you know, where you stack up against everyone else. And it's not a good look. Even Valtteri said going into the weekend, if George beats me this weekend, that's pretty bad for me. And for yeah, all intents and purposes, he did. Yeah, I mean, he technically finished a spot behind him, but that was after... They put the wrong tires on the car, and then well, he had it, a puncture. It didn't matter. Until still, yeah. until that yellow, he was making Valtteri look like a little baby mm -hmm. boy. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I guess you would you could speak to that more than most, having experience well, in, not, in the paddock. Not but. really, because like when I raced in Formula One, I raced in a car that should have been classified as like a Formula One and a half. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> so, like, yeah, but again, the same, the same point applied, like, the only person I could benchmark, benchmark myself to was my teammate because he was the only one that had comparable equipment. So the fact that I was able to beat him as kind of a standing guy, that was really good for me and, and kind of um, uh, opened the doors for my what would soon be nullified 2016 race contract in Formula One. <clears throat> but neither here nor there, it's... Uh, it definitely puts Mercedes in a very interesting position now because obviously Valtteri has a contract for next year. 
But I think also, obviously, maybe they're regretting that a little bit. Yeah, and and we see how much, I mean, through you, how much those contracts matter. And James. <laughs> yeah, and James. Yeah. I mean, in racing, the contracts... Uh, not as solid as as, as one would a, a contract gives you the ability to announce to do a press release and to put yeah. out an Instagram photo. That's yeah. I, you just want to update that Insta bio, right? right? That's about that's about <laughs> all that it uh it really locks you in for. Which is you know, I guess the same with other things in life. I don't know. Yeah, I always say with film, you know, nothing. It doesn't matter what's been signed. Nothing's official until the camera rolls. Exactly. So, I mean, so, it's, it's not yeah. just motorsports. It's, it's a lot of things. Um, okay, other Formula One news. Did you see what uh, the newest Haas F1 driver um, did this morning? <laughs> I, I, last feel like, night? I feel like we should do what he should have done and not touch this. <laughs> or just don't film it. I don't know. I, I don't know what the bigger mistake is. There's nothing we can say about this that's gonna be good for anybody. That is that is true, Tim. But like, <laughs> I guess I guess what I we've talked in the past about how you know critical and and conscious and aware we have to be of our social media, right? <laughs> in terms of yes, but it, he posted this. No, I understand that. <laughs> that's my point. How stupid is he? Like. Okay, the situation that, that may have occurred, like, I, I'm not going to sit over here and, and, and judge, and, and who's to say? Who knows what the full story is? But the fact that you put that on the internet? Yeah. Like, like I wouldn't put that on my Insta story, and I'm nobody. Well, <laughs> right? like, I mean, I don't think you'd have that opportunity to put that on your Insta yeah, story. Yeah, that's true, too. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Well, and and getting into that, like it's like you said with contracts. I mean, he just signed with Haas, right? Mm. But does I'm sure I'm sure there's there's two parts, right? One, I'm sure that contract has an exit clause for you know behavior or things that might bring for embarrassment sure. to the team, for sure. right? But I'm also sure that uh, he's bringing a lot of money to Haas. That is that is the thing. <laughs> and I was actually talking to my father about this, and um, he was like, well. Ultimately, nothing is going to change, which is unfortunate, right? Because, you know, it, it's a very misguided um, young man making those decisions. But ultimately, all it's going to take is his dad writing a couple million dollar apology check. Yeah, and, I was going to uh, say that that apology is going to be written on hundred dollar bills in one big stack. Oh, very <laughs> one letter per bill. Very large stack. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean. Good for him. I remember when I got, I got a written warning once um, from the Caterham F1 team. And it was because in an interview, I had mentioned a development part that we were um, going to have and that we were pretty optimistic about the performance gains that it would have. Well, this was on the Thursday and the development part wasn't to be released slash unveiled until the Friday, I got a legal letter from them saying this was strike one of three. If I, you know, hit another two strikes, they had every like right and grounds to fire me. So like, does, does, does what he did mean it's only one strike or is that like, (laughs) 
Is that like all of them? <laughs> you, I, I don't think you would be. I don't think that would be strike one for you. I think that would be the door. I think, right. which actually, just knowing that explains to me a ton about how you first came to F one, about how your attitude was when you or first came from F one, like how your attitude was with interviews and how guarded you were when you were first with Andretti. You know, before you realized that. It's IndyCar. No one cares, man. Dude, that's the <laughs> like, thing. Like, what I had to tell people was I was given, like, a script. And, like, I couldn't stray away from the script of, of the, the messaging that the team wanted to get across that weekend. And then beyond that, you know, the first time I did an IndyCar race and, and old boy from NBC came in pit lane and, like, oh, so what do you think of the tires? I was just like, I'm not telling you. Like, I'm not. <laughs> what do you... Are you kidding me? Like, what kind of stupid person do you think I am? And I'm going to give you that sort of information. Oh, when, <laughs> what lap am I going to pit? Go screw yourself. Because, like, the media in Europe is not there to tell a story. They're there to, like, release information that will potentially yeah. give someone else an advantage. So, it, it, yes, it, it did take a little bit of an adjustment period for me to realize the media wasn't necessarily my enemy. Yeah, it feels like in IndyCar especially, like, the media, the teams, the league, for the most part, most of the time, everybody's on the same side. Everybody, yeah, cause there, there are some instances where that's not necessarily the case, but like everybody's goal is to see IndyCar succeed and to see IndyCar get bigger and to see the sport grow. Whether it's the reporter, the driver, the team, the managers, ev- everybody involved Correct. has that goal at heart. Correct. Except for you. You, you clearly for me. don't have that. Um, I, uh, I want to burn it to the ground. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, just, that's... So, just so that I have more free time. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, it's, it's not because I don't like the sport. I mean, it's whatever. Take it or leave it. I don't really watch. Not my thing. Uh, I just like hanging out with you guys. <laughs> right, right. And uh, it, it detracts from um, future yeah. hangout opportunities. Because Sundays are prime brunch days. And I'm a big brunch guy. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Sundays are Sundays are uh, otherwise occupied. We could brunch in the evening. We've been known to brunch at night at times, and by brunch, I mean rehydrate with <laughs> with but bourbon. I, I don't know the the whole the whole F one silly season compared to IndyCar silly season is fascinating to me too. Because like, who would have thought? Okay, George didn't win the race, and hey, by the way, great that Perez did. That was that was huge. Yep. Right. George didn't win the race, but uh, for not being there, it, at least to me, from an outsider's perspective, it feels like the real biggest losers of the race were Botas and Hamilton, because Hamilton's up for a contract renegotiation. And I don't buy into the fact that this shows that Hamilton's not that good and it's all the car, but this is certainly a big bargaining chip for Mercedes to sit and say, well, are you really worth that much? We could put George in it and win. That's an interesting point that I didn't I didn't think of, but you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, they're, they're not going to choose George over Lewis in any scenario um, because, quite frankly, George hasn't earned that yet. Um, but, yeah, if, if Lewis is, is negotiating a $20 million pay raise because he's like, no one can do what I can do, they can now be like, well, well <laughs> pretty sure that someone just did, and he's 22 years old and would probably drive this car for free. Do you think Lewis was texting somebody like, "Hey, maybe he gets the wrong tires"? No, I, I don't see. I don't see Lewis as the type of guy that like 
would it was even watching. Like he was probably no. no. He was probably like doing yoga and like meditating. Would you watch in that situation? Oh, 100%. And yeah, I would yeah, I would root like, for Valtteri with every ounce of my being. <laughs> I mean, that's got to... I guess I haven't heard an update on his health condition, so I don't know, like, if he's symptomatic or if he just if he just has COVID but is asymptomatic. Because I imagine as a driver, that would be almost worse to, like, to feel fine, to feel able to do your job no, and to I, not have the I, car. I don't think he was... I think he was feeling pretty, pretty crappy, to be honest. But I, I do yeah. think there's a possibility that he will be in the car this weekend um, if he's able to get his negative tests and, and all that jazz. So yeah. there's there's still the opportunity for him to get back in um, before the end of the year. So that's uh, that's interesting. So I think that's, that's really all that's going on in F1. Um, you've got the George Lewis Mercedes saga, and then you have, um, well, Russian criminals. So <laughs> Well, I can't uh, can't speak to any Russian criminals, but uh, <laughs> but there there was some news in IndyCar too. There was um, um, so Montoya coming back. I'm not surprised. I think that makes a lot of sense considering he raced at McLaren for a substantial period of time. Um, right? Didn't yeah? I guess. Like I said, I don't really watch racing. I know he was. <laughs> I know he drove for Williams, but I think he drove for McLaren. Well, and uh, I really should know this. I don't know. It it does feel weird, just from a perspective yes, of did. how McLaren's doing things across both F one and and Indy. I mean, they they got the younger guys, right? You got, although I guess maybe not next season. But you have you you got the younger guys in F one, the younger guys in Indy. So then to just bring somebody like Montoya back feels different why well i'm just for that reason they're 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 this young kind of hot or trying to be branded as this young hot shot team uh and i guess maybe that that's the foil that's the counter to it you you bring back an old pro like montoya it just i don't know doesn't doesn't fit with the narrative i guess but here's the thing having been his kind of pseudo teammate in the in the sports car stuff he is still quite possibly one of the fastest racing drivers on the planet today. And it's <laughs> Oh, I don't doubt it. It's, I'm not it's, saying he's not talented. It's amazing to me because whenever anyone makes a comment like about oh his fitness or his weight or his diet or whatever, he just he looks up from his phone because he plays Candy Crush like twelve hours a day, <laughs> every day. He looks up from his phone and just says, Well, find someone that can go quicker than me. Oh no, I, I didn't I apologize if it came off like I was trying to make a comment about his fitness or his age. I just meant from the from the perspective of who McLaren has racing for them right now, it feels like a weird fit. Right, right, right. But I <laughs> but I also think that, you know, for so long while he was a Penske employee in one way or another, Roger wouldn't let him race for anyone else. Like that's just that's just not gonna yeah. happen. So now that the sports car program has kind of come to an end. And he's still clearly competitive and can um, win races and championships and such. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense that he kind of goes back to to his his namesake in a lot of ways. And let's be honest, McLaren and Zach Brown, they have a thing for like big names. And That's since true. Fernando's not available, 
anymore. <laughs> um, I think Juan, aside from Elio, Juan's probably the next biggest name you could probably get. I think my favorite Montoya story was um, you. You don't know um, Con- Mike Conway too well, do you? Not really. No. No. Where uh, he was out visiting L.A. a few years ago, and he had just gone for this bike ride. And I guess he went biking. Montoya happened to be out here, too. And they went from, like, Malibu down to San Diego, back to Malibu to Manhattan Beach. Like It was like a 100-mile bike ride. It was insane, right? And he and he was just laughing because he goes, not only did Montoya kick my ass on the bike, the guy ordered two milkshakes immediately after. <laughs> like, he just, I don't know that. No, dude, he's he's he is very special from that standpoint that his fitness is is pretty much on par with anyone else yet he just consumes whatever he wants whenever he wants i got half of that down right Right. (laughs) well and and just the the exceptional talent you're missing oh no i don't have any of that yeah 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 um so yeah that's exciting it's great i mean indycar is well on its way to to getting 33 cars on the grid for the month of may which hopefully happens um now that it looks like cautiously optimistically that there's maybe some light at the end of the tunnel here and um having an indianapolis 500 in the month of may is a possibility like it still seems probable um which would be exceptional do you think You'd come into town, or are you just going to blow this one I off think, again? No, I think so. Yeah. I, I I, don't know. It was so weird missing missing last year's. I mean, I loved it. I loved not having to do it. <laughs> you. Yeah. How'd it work out for you? It's actually the first 500 I've ever finished, Tim. So uh, if, if, you wouldn't, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind being here, that that would be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I retract all of my previous statements. <laughs> Here's my question. I always get a dumb picture for my hard card uh, and I try to change it every year. So I think this year I did like my daughter did my makeup and I kind of looked like Chris Jenner. Um, do I reuse that photo since I didn't go to a single race in 2020 or do I need to change my hard card photo? I think you just use that one because um, let's be honest. I doubt you have that much creativity left in you. Let's come up with another one. <laughs> well, Speaking of when things get back to normal, I don't know if we've talked about it too much on this show, but Alex, you, you and I are pretty obsessed with escape rooms. Um, yes. How, how many do you think we have, we have we've done now? We've got to be close to thirty. It's uh, there was a one I think one night in L.A. we did three different ones at three different locations. Yeah, I mean, we might be over thirty. I, I think we might be, but. So oh, this is uh, this is weird. I, we've done I was, at least ten in Indy. So yeah, we're probably over thirty. <laughs> I think we've done every one in, it, in Indianapolis. Correct. Yes. And I I remember thinking like early on in the pandemic stuff, I got an email from one of them. It was like, here's the sanitation processes that we do for an escape room to like keep things clean. And you were just like, absolutely not, because and to your credit, like. You have to touch every, every single surface. surface yeah. There's no way they've <laughs> like, sterilized yeah. an entire room of objects. Yeah, because it's not just what you find, right? You're looking for everything, so you're like rubbing under desks. You're yeah. So, but I was looking at escape rooms and stuff, and um, yesterday, just because I guess I was feeling nostalgic for them, and I stumbled across something that I had never heard of, 
It's called a rage room. Mm. Have you heard of these? I well, I carry on. I've I've got a story associated with that. <laughs> yes. Explain to so, our listeners what it is. So a rage room, there's there's a lot of different varieties. They're they're usually just full of random breakable junk. And you either by yourself or with any number of friends come in, they have protective gear, goggles, all this stuff, and they just give you a sledgehammer. And you just get like an hour to just break whatever you want in that room. And I got to say, it sounds awesome. So <clears throat> I actually participated in such room um, on the amazing. How did I not get that call? On the amazing race. Oh, well, I didn't watch that. That's fair. Um, <laughs> and, I, and by participate, I mean I had a briefcase handcuffed to myself while Connor took a baseball bat to a <laughs> bunch of computer monitors and was trying to, in the computer monitors or the computer actual like computer part, the part that does the computing with the hard drives and stuff, whatever, the tower, um, he had to find a key of sorts that would get the briefcase unhandcuffed from me. Well, I mean, for any of you that watched The Amazing Race, um, Connor was... Connor was there. Um, Connor, Connor was on the show with me. <laughs> but uh, he was getting so frustrated he, that he, he couldn't... He was just like a very close-up viewer. Yeah, he, he, he was <laughs> present. Um, no, but he, he tried so hard to, to break these monitors in quick succession and to get it done. He actually tore his shoulder. He like tore his labor. Um, so wow. while rage rooms sound awesome and quite frankly, they, they are. And had I been doing it, I would have found the key pretty quick and not torn my shoulder. Like, I feel like, um, I, I think I'm just going to say just a quick aside. Had I been your partner on the amazing race instead of Connor, I think we won that thing. You, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> now, now here's the thing. I was as much at fault in Hong Kong as he was for not figuring out the clue. But it would have been nice to have an analytical person like yourself <laughs> or James. I would not have been good on the physical stuff. But. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, anyways, long story short, I, have, I do know what rage rooms are. I've seen them in person. They do look like a lot of fun for about four minutes. And then I feel like I'd just be like, where's the beer at? Like, I feel like... I feel like axe throwing is probably more fun than a rage room. Well, there's a there's a place in LA that I found that's rage room slash axe throwing. Okay, now that's kind of cool. And they just and they they the reason that I wanted to talk about this is like they they have, they could just do the standard rage room where it's just a bunch of stuff you break. Then they have one where it's just an old car and you get to just beat up an old car. And the weirdest thing, like, so I I went to high school and and elementary school and everything in Indianapolis, and I remember in elementary school we would have this thing called Apple Fest every year. And for like four years, they they would get this old beat-up car. They'd get a new one every year. The senior class would paint it and decorate it. And you could just pay like a dollar to go beat the crap out of it with a sledgehammer for like five minutes. And I just remember thinking, like one, as a kid, this is awesome. And then when it went away, it was like, no, that's terrible. And now I look back on it, it's like, how the hell were they letting us do that in first grade? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of concerned about your memory of first grade. Do you not? You don't remember first grade? I don't think so. Like, I remember, I probably remember third and up. Oh, no. See, you got to, I feel like you got to have the devastation. See, I specifically remember Apple Fest because I asked a girl to go to Apple Fest with me in first grade. And she said yes. And then like 10 minutes later, she's like, no, I changed my mind. So that was so not that was that changed in 26 years. Turns out that was just the first in a long line. Right. Of. Disappointments related to my romantic life, right? So, okay. Um, the, I still, I mean, is that not teaching children bad habits? Because, like, what's going to prevent them from like taking a hammer from the garage and going to their neighbor's car and beating the crap out of that? I feel I, like now I didn't do that, and you know, I probably should have. Like, okay, probably could have gotten away with it. Wouldn't have been in that much trouble. I mean, as a first grader, no, I think you would have been fine. <laughs> if I do it now, then yeah, then I'm on the Citizen app. There's you know, thirty year old guy <laughs> swinging a hammer around at, at at someone's Toyota Corolla. Yeah, <laughs> um, the things that you see on the Citizen app, by the way, oh, are big fan, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I had a man wielding wrench threatening people outside CVS that came up today. Uh-huh. What size wrench? I, you know what? They don't. They never give enough detail. Right. Okay. That's unfortunate. Uh. Re- okay. I'm reading yesterday report of man using trash can in assault. D- I would like to know in what manner he was using the trash can. Right. Was he throwing stuff out of the trash can at people, or was he just throwing the trash can as a whole at bystanders? Yeah. Again, this, these are the types of if context. You gonna, if you were going to do something to get yourself on the citizen app, what would it be? <sighs> See, this is tough because you want to do like a victimless crime, but you want it to be funny, right? Mm. Well, you go first. I think I think I would just take my truck. I've always wanted to when I'm driving like by fields and farmland, I always just want to take my truck and just like (laughs) go have a ball and like drive it through stuff and jump stuff and do donuts and dirt and just have fun and like yeah. It's probably going to ruin someone's crops. It's not going to hurt anyone. It's not going to really <laughs> alter someone's life that much. Um, but I still feel like I get in a lot of trouble. Your truck, I've, well, yeah, you would especially. Mm. Your truck could take that damage. I feel like my eight-year-old hatchback maybe has one jump in it before a bunch of first graders are beating it with a sledgehammer at Apple Fest. That's fair. Or the only <laughs> other use for a beater car, um, which is going to be my prank that I pull on Connor in May next year is to, um, well, I actually can't say, but let me just inform our listeners that there's going to be a $250 beater that is used for something in the month of May in the bus slot (laughs) in retaliation for Connor removing my golf cart tires in August. And if you want to find out what Alex's prank against Connor is, uh, just download the citizen app. Yes. <laughs> He's It'll COVID free, but he is vandalizing <laughs> Connor's personal belongings. Well, so I don't know. I mean, clearly we've gone off the rails a bit. I'm talking wrong. I'm enjoying it, but it's the off season. I mean, is there anything else to really talk about? Like, what what do you yeah, guys? No, what's purely, the average day for purely you? Purely, my like main goal is brainstorming how to get on the Citizen app. Like that's. <laughs> 
that about sums up. So no, I mean, Tim, I'm, I'm pretty, obviously aside from the, the training standpoint, which we've talked about in detail, I'm not going to bore people with like flying's taking up a lot of time. Okay. So yeah, you've, you've not slowed down at all. Um, no, I, uh, I went to the grocery store last week. That was okay. <laughs> that was big. You know, those Instacart fees get a little high. So sure. I decided to yeah. <laughs> decide to venture out. <laughs> did you feel did you feel like you were doing something wrong? Did you I, feel it guilty? Was we- it was weird. Right. Yeah, a little bit. And then I don't like on Instacart, you have to be so specific about what you want mm. and decide beforehand that it gets rid of any of the like the mystery of, of just seeing something. Correct. So then I went way too far the other way. Like I'm walking down and I was like, there's a frozen duck. I don't even think I've eaten a duck before. I'm going to buy that and figure out how to cook it. Like I was just buying I'm way sorry, too much. I'm sorry, you went to the random. grocery store and bought a frozen duck? I bought a frozen duck. Uh, I oh. cooked it yesterday and it was awesome. Oh. <laughs> okay. But how did yeah, you no, cook it was this great. duck in the oven? I, I, no, I just crock pot cooked it again. Oh. I have a big crock pot. Uh, so there was like a bit of that where I think I was overcompensating. Uh, mm. but, uh, yeah. What else did yeah, you buy lot. that was impulsive? <laughs> a lot of, a lot of Christmas stuff. Oh. I got, I got way more Christmas decorations. At the grocery store? Yeah. I mean, they got the aisle. Okay. Right. They've had that aisle up since before Halloween. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like discount candy and Santa. So like you, you are at that point in your adult life. Um, admittedly accelerated to this point via COVID. Um, but the grocery store excites you. I mean, I don't yeah. do much else. And even before COVID, it's not like I did a lot outside of my place. Right. Right. <laughs> like I work from home. Now my daughter has school at home. Like, And now you have like a massive projector at home. I, yeah. I've turned my bedroom into a movie theater. Like I would go out and socialize at bars. That's illegal. Uh, sure. <laughs> like we're Getting fully haircut, locked back down. That's pretty illegal yeah. again. Yeah. So here's one thing you never did pre COVID that you still don't do. Go to the gym. Eight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one, one of those might be related. Right? Do the they other. are they hand in hand? So, so yeah, the off season. It's uh, here's the thing. It's it's short. I mean, usually our our off season or our season ends in September, and then we have to wait till March. Our season ended in October. Um, I had two IMSA races to do on the back end of that to kind of make up for for the beginning of the year which brought me to, to kind of early November. And then we start testing again in a, in like five weeks. So yeah, um, And you were in the sim yesterday, right? I was in the sim yesterday. I'm in the sim again on Tuesday. So it's next Tuesday, which means we're going to need to text James now to come up with a suitable time <laughs> for him to record the podcast because Tuesday is not going to work unless we can do it yeah. Tuesday afternoon, evening. Um, I mean, even COVID aside, it feels like gone are the days where you would just like live out in California for the off season just cause I feel like the IndyCar season's gotten longer. Well, I've, I've started, I've started doing other stuff. Like I've started That's doing Baja, too. all the sports car things. And I just don't have the eight weeks of literally nothing except <laughs> escape rooms and brunch. See, that's why I'm trying to burn things down. Right. Right. For those of you that don't know, Alex, what was that? Was that after 16? Yeah. When you just, 
Alex just rented an apartment in LA and we hung out every day. Yes, we did a we did a <laughs> lot of things. Um, some good, some bad, but but it was things nonetheless. We got great memories and no money. <laughs> See, if you burn if you burn it to the ground, who's gonna support your lifestyle? That's true. Who's so, gonna fund it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just tweet nice things about Verizon when we're in line. That's true. That is true. I don't I don't know that there's a good and service that I can tweet anymore that will just result in gift cards. Maybe I should I should talk to Napa about that. Maybe it should be for every I, I say this with all sincerity. Napa is the best. Napa is awesome. They I mean you should buy everything from Napa. No, but le- legitimately Napa is quite frankly the the um kind of underground supplier of ducks. But also like <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. The, yeah. they're they're right next to um the washer fluid um but they <laughs> they are one of the coolest sponsors that i've ever had like their social media game is actually pretty impressive and when we were doing all of the iRacing stuff they were like paying for in-car cameras and like actually you know trying to um uh kind of be involved as much as they can so it's it's pretty cool to to be able to work with them if only if only they it. wanted to sponsor a podcast. If only. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, Hazel had a question okay. she wanted to ask you. I'm ready. Hazel. Hazel. Unfortunately, I'm all out of goldfish to eat. <laughs> I got some more popcorn. That's good. Let me just uh, put this back in. <laughs> that guy. So, um, the question is, you have to guess um, which one I like more, popcorn or candy canes. Oh, that's a good question. That's a that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> Hazel, I am going to guess that you like candy canes more. You are correct. Yes, thank you. What do you like more? Guess. Wait, you have to give like. Oh. What do I like more? Do I like do I like Doritos or beef jerky more? Doritos. Very good. Good girl. You got it right. But candy canes are 100% the best candy ever, and I don't understand why there's not candy canes in April. Like it seems like I agree. Like, why is that just a December thing? Like, oh, you don't want your breath to smell fresh in july like i don't understand no i completely agree with that it's dumb i can't wait for the nbc sports article about candy canes alexander rossi's controversial opinion about candy canes (laughs) so do you want to know what's funny (laughs) so i think that article is what spurred this text message was i got it on i don't even know what day i guess it was tuesday yesterday morning very early in the morning Hi, Alexander. Someone pointed out to me that I didn't respond to your text, so this is the right number for next time around, wink face Toto. So, like, I feel like had that article <laughs> not come out, he probably wouldn't have known that I was disinterested. So, <laughs> I feel like the most shocking part of that is that Toto uses a winking emoji. Wait, was it emoji or was it the, like, the semicolon? No, it was, it was the emoji. He uses a winking emoji. I know. That is... I don't I don't love it. Why? 
I don't know. It's just because it's like earth shattering. No, what it does is it makes him feel approachable, even though he's like the most important man in all of motorsports. Yeah, I, I guess it's. It'd be like if. It'd be like if at the end of the Declaration of Independence they just wrote TTYL. Like it's, it just doesn't fit. There's not. There's no congruency between I, him I, and the seriousness with which he takes himself. And a winking emoji. I feel like if the Declaration of Independence was written in 2020, it very well... It might. Yeah, maybe TJ would have thrown one of those in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there would be at least one or two emojis. There would probably... Yeah, there'd be... It'd probably just be TikTok. It would probably just be like Thomas Jefferson, kind of like bouncing up and down, picture of King George shaking his head. Um, okay. That's terrible. That's a terrible visual. Do, you don't, you don't think it'd be like, you don't think it'd be like, I don't know, a declaration of rights and then like a, the serious face and then the bill of <laughs> indictment and then like the magnifying glass face <laughs> and then the statement of independence and like cheers. I wonder what the Federalist Papers would have been. Hmm. <laughs> it would have just been likes. It would have just been 85 likes on the Instagram post. Just a of the bunch of thumbs up. Of just yeah. a lot of thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this Bill of Rights is all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're for We're it. For it. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, um, I, if only... I think that's, that's the dumbest thing we've ever done, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> if only we could live in an alternative universe. Okay, can we talk for one second? I just got to touch on this because it just came to me. Speaking me of, just hang on. Let me let me just do one thing first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of alternate universes, how much seriousness are we taking into this article that came out about that Israeli defense secretary guy or whatever that said aliens do exist? Earth is just not ready for them yet. Absolutely none. And I'll tell you my one reason why. Okay. Because he said that aliens convinced Trump not to tweet about it. So you're saying that's I impossible? I don't, yeah. Do you, do you think he would have just sat on that information because somebody else told him not to say it? The, so here's the part, the, the part that lost me was that the reason why nothing has been said is because there's some intergalactic contract on the base that not only that, that the Martians and also humans are living on in Mars, and we yep. have this agreement. That's the part where I was like, ah! I, nah, I feel like that's that's false. That's the part that lost you. Yes. Not the Galactic Federation. I mean, I feel like if there were aliens, they'd have some form of government. Yeah, fair enough. It just feels a little too Star Trek-y for me. Yeah. Yeah. Although... Well, if if uh, any aliens are listening, um, sup? Wing face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that's, would actually explain Toto a this, lot. Uh, <laughs> this has been fun. Um, quite frankly, I didn't miss James at all. Um, so maybe nope. this can be uh, off, off track with uh, Rossi. And oh, let's just keep the and. Oh. Just off track with and Rossi. Off track with and Rossi. I kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of like it. Presented by Nap Auto Parts. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. 
if you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.